Well, hello, and I want to welcome you to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Horton. I'm here to bring you a short message that's designed to help you become all that God created you to be and to live your life to the fullest. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get into today's message. Well, I'm so glad to be back with you again today on our Victory Church Weekly Podcasts. You know, how many know every day is what we choose it to be? We can we can choose to have an awesome day today, an awesome week this week, an awesome year this year, an awesome life, or we can choose to look at all the negatives and fail. And I don't know about you, but uh, I want Jesus to be glorified through who I am and how I live my life. So I choose every day the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord, the Bible says, is our strength. Nehemiah 8.10. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. I hope you're having a great day. And I want to make it better with this podcast. I'm going to jump right into this. I've been talking, last time I talked about uh, the importance of of casting your cares and not worrying about life. And believe me, we have all kinds of things to worry about today. If you want to, there's a boatload of opportunities to worry. My choice is I'm going to pass them up because it, you know, it wastes time to worry about things that many times are beyond my control. And besides that, Scripture says in Proverbs 3, right, trust in the Lord. With all of your heart, don't lean to your own understanding. If we acknowledge him in all of our ways, he promised to direct our paths. And then he said, be not wise in our own own eyes, fear the Lord and depart from evil. And if we do that, he said, it would be health and life to us. So I'm going to choose not to walk in pride, but to walk by faith and to cast my cares on the Lord. I encourage you to do that. Um, I talked about this last time. I didn't quite get through. So I'm going to finish up talking about casting your cares today. Matthew 11 Uh, 28, Jesus said, Amplified New Testament, come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will give you rest. That is, I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle or meek and humble or lowly in heart, and you will find rest which is relief and ease and refreshment and recreation and blessed quiet for your souls. For my yoke is wholesome, that is useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp, or pressing, but comfortable, gracious, and pleasant, and my burden is light and easy to be borne. Well, I'm all weighed down. Well, you know what? You need to give those weights to Jesus. Because I promise you, he can take care of them and can, and can deal with them a whole lot better than you and I can, right? So again, 1 Peter 5, 7, I love the Amplified New Testament again of this particular verse, casting the whole of your care, then it clarifies it, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. I really, really like that. Today, I want to cover, by God's grace, five uh, steps to release worry uh, from your life. Let me say this, the busier you get, well, listen, it should be the more important it is to pray, because the more you have to do, the more you need to rely on the Lord, right? So, you know, uh, again, in Bible school, I read about 
John Wesley and others taking lots of time in the morning to pray. And the busier they got, the more they prayed, the more time they took in prayer. Uh, So, um, uh, in fact, one of the quotes I read uh, from John Wesley stated that upon seeing how busy his day was one day, uh, he decided he was going to commit the first four hours of the day to believing prayer. I like that. Why do you do that? Because, you know, when you got a lot of stuff to do, you got to be you got to be willing to cast your cares upon the Lord. And if you got a lot to do, you know, if you, if you trust God, you can, you can get even more done. So, you know, I understand what he was saying now. So, you know, again, take every single thing to God in believing prayer. And that's what he was uh, exemplifying with his lifestyle. So here are uh, five actions you can take or steps you can take to release worry from your life. Number one, make an itemized list of your concerns. Okay, so one part of freedom from worry is just getting the stuff out of your mind. And and that's where a list comes in. You know, I was, um, let me see, 18, 19 years of age. And one of my uh, friends turned me on to, at the time, a Franklin Day Planner. And it was the pocket edition. And and I actually bought the little leather version. It was uh, encompassed with leather. leather, And it had had an insert for each month of the year. And uh, and then it had two pages per day. And... uh, and I'd never done this. I was 19. I'd already been going to school and all that. And I was actually in the middle of going to uh, a Bible college. And, um, and, and so, but <clears throat> this was really a good thing for me to do. I overthink everything. Um, you know, I'm obsessive in the way I think. And people with my personality usually are. It upset me when I first found that out. But it's true. Uh, so I found that if I wrote things down, when I write down what I need to do for the day or for the week, et cetera, yada, yada, or keep a running list of things to be done, what does that do? It keeps it out of my mind. If you don't make lists, let me tell you what you are doing. In the back of your head, you got a running tally going of what needs to be done. That in and of itself is a weight. And that in and of itself is a waste of energy. So I personally, I make lists of things I need to do. That way it keeps it out of my mind. I don't have to keep trying to remember it. I just write it down. And then once I make the list, then I go through the list and I pray about every single thing that I need to do. And see, that helps me personally cast my care. So make an itemized list of your concerns. And if you're concerned about the things you're doing on your job, your business, what you need to do at home, et cetera, et cetera, write them down. And then once you got the list, take the list to God in prayer. I tell you, this works in an amazing way. Secondly, talk about five things you can do, five actions you can take, five steps to release worry, make an itemized list, number one. Number two, find scripture where God promises to answer prayer. I don't like to pray nebulous prayers that really have no meaning. I'm just saving my conscience. I don't do that. I pray with purpose. Sometimes I'm worshiping the Lord. Sometimes I'm praising God. Sometimes I'm thanking him for his faithfulness. And sometimes I spend time in prayer reminding God of what he's already done for me. And, you know, that encourages me and it blesses, uh, it blesses his heart for you to tell him, uh, thank you. Don't you appreciate when, when your child or or somebody you know or a friend comes up and says, I just want to say thank you for it. may be something you did for them. Doesn't it just kind of bless you? And, and it makes you appreciate them so much more. Well, the Lord's the same way. Tell him thank you. So anyway, I don't waste time in prayer. And when I go to pray about something, I'm very specific. Be as specific as you can. 
about what you need from God. So find scripture where God promises to answer prayer. And I've done this for 47 years now, my entire Christian life. Um, I base my, my faith in answered prayer on what God said, not on my feelings or my circumstances. The only way you're going to do that is to get the word into you. If I have no scripture in me about what God promised to do in answer to prayer, then I have no faith in me that God will answer the prayer. So I keep my faith toned. You know, now people love to go to the gym. They keep their muscles toned. I mean, I do all that kind of stuff some too. But you know what? Um, it's even more important to keep your faith. I mean, keep, keep it right there. Keep it sharp. Keep it ready. You do that by getting into the Word of God. And so to do that for me, I meditate on Scripture, which means saying Scripture out loud or letting that Scripture revolve over and over in your mind repetitiously. That is a form of meditation in the Word. So Matthew 22, here's some Scriptures that I meditate on regularly. I'm going to read them from a list I have, but I could quote them just as easily. Matthew 21, 22, Jesus said, and whatever things you ask in prayer, prayer, believing, you will receive. That's extremely positive. And when you're worrying about something, to know that if you ask God for something, you will receive, that's really good. Mark eleven twenty four is a sister scripture to that. Therefore, I say to you, Jesus said, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. And you will have them. The moment you pray, believe that God has, <clears throat> excuse me, granted your request. And he said, you will have them. John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. See, there's another tremendous promise Jesus had uh, for answer prayer. John 16, 23 and 24, speaking of the church age, the day that we live in today, he was speaking to the disciples pre-cross. Uh, we're living in post-cross times, but pre-cross is what Jesus said, speaking of the time we're living in. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. He's saying, don't pray directly to me. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. So Jesus is our representative before the Father. He's our attorney, in fact, before the Father. And, and when we go to the Father, we go in the name of Jesus because Jesus made a way for us, right? And so he says, until now you've asked nothing in my name, speaking to the disciples at the time. Then he said, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. I don't know of any greater or more positive assertion in the English language than saying, you will or you shall receive. I mean, that's, that's, that's the way it is. So God's promised to answer prayer, and Jesus said it right there. Here's 1 John 3, 22 says, whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. There's another promise. What we ask, we receive. Why? Because we're honoring him, honoring his word, walking in love, doing what he called us to do, repenting when he may make a mistake. We're just generally walking in God, walking with God in his will, right? First John 5, 14 to 15, so good. Now this is the confidence that we have in him. Isn't it good, you know, good to know you can have confidence in God? So again, this is the confidence we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have 
the petitions that we have asked of him. So again, God has promised to answer our prayer. My phone was ringing. I forgot to cut the thing off. Let me read that again. This is the confidence we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know. We don't think we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So again, these are just positive promises that God has promised to answer prayer. Now, all these years of time, when I go to pray and pray specifically, the prayer of petition, pray about things, I go right to these scriptures. You know, I could literally quote these verbatim. I have memorized them because I've said them so many times over the decades of life. But I still go back and read them, and I mention them to the Lord and remind him that he promised to answer prayer. Why? Because it keeps my spirit sharp. It keeps my faith sharp. So if you want answers to prayer and want to be able to cast your worries on the Lord, make a list, and then once you get that list, find scripture where God promised to answer the prayers you pray about the list. Number three, in prayer, pour out the specific details to God. Mentioned this last time. And uh, gave you an illustration from my early life when I was uh, in my uh, 20s of, of how I really learned to cast my cares by telling God everything that bothered me. J.B. Phillips translation, Philippians 4, 6, don't worry over anything, whatever. Tell God every detail of your need in earnest and thankful prayer. And then it says the peace of God that transcends human understanding will keep constant guard over your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. So that's really, really, really important. And uh, somebody keeps calling me. We're just going to keep moving here. So uh, anyway, it's important that we tell God every single detail of our need. That is the key, telling God every detail. So uh, every fear, every concern, every aspect of the issue that bothers us, that's what we do. And I've been doing this for a long time. Back in the 80s, I learned to itemize what bothers me, tell God every single nuance of what I'm dealing with and how it affects me. And I mentioned last time about when I first got my job, first job on the pastoral staff team of a church and how and how I learned to cast my cares because I was afraid I was going to lose my job every day. Well, I had to take that fear to the Lord. Say, God, you've got to give me wisdom to do what I need to do today. And you know what I found out? God is more than faithful. And he came through for me time and time again. Years later, you know, I was here in, in uh, Raleigh, and um, I've taken, I don't know, 40-plus uh, short-term missions trips that would last anywhere from a week to two, usually, usually not more than two, rarely more than two, and uh, sometimes almost two. But nonetheless, uh, those trips, I would take long-haul flights, and many of those trips, it was 40 to 45 hours in transit where I was going. I take, I've taken many trips to all over India, and then we have churches in Africa. I've been to Africa many times. And, you know, you got long flights, you have layovers, you've got to, you know, get on, catch a flight from the U.S., from Raleigh, and then I would fly to Dulles, for instance, in, in Washington, D.C., and from Dulles. I many, many times would fly, fly to London or I would fly to Dubai, and then once I got on that next flight, I would fly, fly if it was a long-haul flight, uh, then I would fly to, um, to Calcutta, India, and then to another part, perhaps, or another part of India, or I would fly to Africa. So, you know, you got 
man, wow, I'm here a long time. And then sometimes I would have long transportation, ground transportation by train in India. It might be three, four, five hours, according to where I was going, on a train from the from the city where the uh, plane landed to the next destination city where I ministered. And boy, I mean, it was just really, really, really long. So, you know, my my obsessive mind, you know what I would do? I would think about every connection I had to make and everything had to work out just right if a plane took off later or whatever, uh, or there was a big problem going through customs uh, when I got, for instance, to London or somewhere else, uh, uh, or going through uh, security, really. Uh, it, it could be a problem if there were a lot of people going to what time you landed. So all of those things were constantly in my mind. Here's what I found out. I would itemize. I would look at my trip and, and look, at, uh, look at my flight plan and, and where, I was, where I was landing, which flights I was taking. And I would pray about every flight. I would pray about the uh, mechanical condition of the airplanes, the pilots that piloted the airplane, uh, the takeoff, which is the most, maybe the most dangerous part, takeoff and landing, and then the cruise of the aircraft uh, while it's going to destination. And I would pray that all would be safe and well. I would pray over the mechanics that actually, you know, uh, service the aircraft just to make sure, because you're going for hours and hours. Some of these flights, man, they're seven or eight hours. If I'm going to Dubai, it might be 13, 14 hours you know, from the U.S. there. So, wow, I mean, you know, so all that's in my mind. So I'm just praying. I learned to pray about every detail of these things, and that I would pray about going through customs when I landed at the destination city where I was going to the destination nation and then had to travel from the city to where I was going. I'd pray about all of that. I'd pray about all of my connections, all of the attendants I had to talk to, all of the things I needed to do going through security and all that. I would just pray about it all and ask the Lord to work it out that I would make it. And you know what? It, it, that's, that helped me cure my obsessive thinking problem, which produced worry for me. Does that make sense? And, and it produced stress. So I literally learned to fly in a stress-free way, learning to cast my cares on the Lord. Boy, that is so good when you learn to do that. And uh, just just really, really amazing. You know, I remember uh, I'll take time to tell this story um, I was coming back from Africa one time, and we got to London, England, and we just had mechanical problems with the plane. It was snowing outside. They had to de-ice the plane. And, uh, and you know, uh, at, you, you, once somebody checks in, if the person doesn't show up at the gate, the plane can't take off unless their luggage is taken off the plane if they don't show up on the gate and they've already checked in. So we had that happen that time, but then we had a problem with the uh, – with the entertainment system on the aircraft, whatever. And so we were delayed probably an hour plus uh, just from the time we were supposed to start. We were going to land in D.C. And uh, and then we got on the plane. Y'all, we got on the plane. They had to de-ice the plane. That took another, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes or so. And then and then the pilot got on, and, and he, said, uh, he said, well, there's a problem with an oscillation, an unusual oscillation in one of our, it was a 777. And a huge aircraft, two engines. Uh, so we got to check the oscillation in one of the engines. The engineers got to check it. And, I mean, some people kind of went nuts about that. It was really, really crazy how that worked out. So, um, And so, you know, I started getting into a little panic mode. And I got, you know, a little flustered because I started thinking, well, I'm going to miss my flight, my next flight from D.C. to Raleigh, and I want to be home tonight with my family. And, and the Lord spoke to him. You know what he said to me? Mitch, you know what your problem is? You don't trust me. Boy, I got upset about that. My goodness. Whoa, you don't trust me. It was a low blow. He said, you don't have any faith. 
And I learned right there that every single thing I do, I need to cast my care. So, I mean, you know, I learned to pray about everything. When you do that, it's amazing how you, uh, how you, you can cast your care. So again, number three in prayer, pour out the specific details of what you need from the Lord. Number four, thank God by faith for working the problem out. That's really important. Once you pray about whatever, make a list. All right, pray about the list. Meditate on the word. Uh, word about the list. I've, I've answered prayer, and then uh, and then the third one is itemize. Go into detail about what you need for the Lord to do. Fourthly, thank God by faith for working the problem out. That is, set a mental image in your mind of seeing the problem completely solved. That's important. Let me say it again. Number four. So let me go over them again. Number one is make an itemized list of your concerns. Get it out of your head. Number two, find scripture that promise you answers to prayer. Number three, pray uh, in prayer, pour out the details of what you need for the Lord to do for you. See? And then number four, and this is important, thank God by faith for working the problem out. Set a mental image in your mind once you pray of seeing the problem completely solved. 2 Corinthians 4.18, New Living Translation. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things which we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. So you look at things you can't see. How do you look at them? By looking at the Word, by looking at the promises of God and getting a mental image. So, you know, we've gone, let me see, I mean, you know, one, two, three. This is the fourth building we've occupied uh, in 29 years of me being in Raleigh. And every single time when we had our first building, which, which was an old, quaint, historic building, um, I, I got a mental image of a brand new building, uh, I, and I don't know why it happened, but I kept seeing the ceiling of this building. It was white with beautiful modern lights, and, uh, I, just, and I would sit in a chair, uh, take some time every day to meditate and thank God for another building for the church. The church isn't the building, the church is the people, but for the church to be in a new building. And you know what? One day we got that new building, and when we built that new building, I saw it. I saw it in my mind. Uh, we upfitted a shopping center. I saw that shopping center all upfitted with a big room for services in place for children's ministry and youth and this and that. And uh, I saw it. In, I saw the finished product. I've done that with my health when I believe in God. I, I used to have some serious problems with both of my knees, and I would see myself walking without pain instead of feeling like a knife was sticking in my knee as I bent it every, with every step. I would see myself well and without pain. I had issues with my back uh, for many years, and I would see myself walking pain-free with my back completely well. See, once you pray and you believe you receive the answer to your prayer, settle a mental image and see yourself doing what it looks like you can't do. Praying for money the same way I would sit back and see every single need being met, a mental image of God answering the prayer for the finances we needed to do 
this or that. I did that with this building. We just finished building this year. I would sit back and see the building completed, the campus beautiful with all with with everything we needed completely finished. You know, I started a business 30 years ago. I prayed about that business, but I would stop and see the business prospering. I would pray and ask and thank God for uh, people who needed what our business provided. And I would see the business being very blessed. And it, it came to pass, see? So thank God by faith for working the problem out. And then set a middle image in your mind of, of seeing the uh, problem completely solved. So again, five things to do to, to, to really cast your cares and not worry. Make an itemized list. Find scripture. Number three, uh, give God the specific details. Number four, set a mental image. Thank God by faith for working the problem out. And then set a mental image, okay, of, of seeing it happen. And throughout the day, once you've prayed about the thing you could worry about, instead of praying about it again, just thank God. Say, Lord, thank you for hearing. Thank you for answering prayer. And that comes to number five, lastly, today. Every time the thought comes to your mind throughout the day of what you could worry about, see, go back and remind God that the issue is his and not yours. And thank him for working it out. See, casting the whole of your care, all your worries, all your anxieties, all your concerns, once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately and about you watchfully. And then 1 Thessalonians 5.18, thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be, be thankful and give thanks for this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, the revealer and mediator of that wheel. Again, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Amplified New Testament. So every time the thought comes to mind, instead of praying about it again, thank God for working the problem out. See it in your mind's eye being worked out. Remind God that this not your problem, it's his problem because you cast the care and the worry of that problem on him, and he's working it out, see? I'll never forget Kenneth Hagin told us uh, I heard him tell this many times in person as I lived in Tulsa for eight years. And um, he was in a particular church and um, having holding meetings, and he would hold extended meetings in churches. And uh, this particular lady one time came, and, and she heard him talking about casting your cares or casting your worries on the Lord. And she had a wayward son that she never really disciplined as, as she should have she nor her husband, and I think her husband had died, and she was raising the child alone. And the child just became a big problem. He was about 14 years old, and he would leave at night and be out all the wee more hours of the morning. And she just could not control him. He was hanging out with the wrong people with and doing things he shouldn't be doing. And and uh, it was just worrying her silly. She got a hold of what Kenneth Hagin had been preaching in the church she was attending, and she said, "Well, you know what? I'm going to do that." And she later told him what she did, but she said uh, he said that when she heard what he said, uh, she said, Lord, now my son's a problem. He's 14 years old. I've done, I've been fussing at him and I've been all worried. I don't, I'm, I'm just concerned that he's going to end up dead. Oh God. And she was so concerned. And she finally, because she heard what Brother Hagin said about casting your cares, she said, Lord, I'm giving my son to you. He's no longer my son. He's yours. He's not my problem. He's your problem. And that was her way of casting your care on the Lord. And he said she came up to him and she told them the story later of what happened once it had happened. And she's, he said, Brother Hagin said, she told him, she said, my friends would ask me, well, how's your son? And she said, I don't have a son. And people thought she was cuckoo. I mean, 
saying? Like, you know you got a son. He's 14 years old, and you're having a problem with it. She said, no, I, I, gave, I gave my son to the Lord. He's the Lord's. He's not mine anymore. He's the Lord's. That was just her way, and I know she was exaggerating and exacerbating, but that's what she did to cast her care. And so people would ask her, and she would say it over and over again. Well, I don't have a son. It's the Lord. He's the Lord's. Every time she would think about it, Lord, my, that my son is yours. She said her son would come home, and he'd be out. He would be out late at night, and, and eventually, eventually, she kept doing that over and over again, thanking God for delivering her son from all these problems and, and, all, and all of the rebellion, yada, yada. And one day, uh, and she would beg him to come to church, and he wouldn't come to church with her on Sundays because he, he had stayed out so late at night, yada, yada. She said one day, her son uh, had, had stayed out all night, she said, uh, she, and, and she quit even saying anything to, about, to him about going to church or whatever. She completely gave him to the Lord. And one Sunday morning, even though he had been out at night, uh, she said, here, her son come up to her and said, Mom, you're going to church. I think I should go to church with you. And she actually had cast him on the uh, Lord so clearly that he said, she said, son, I, I don't think you need to go to church with me. Look, you hadn't got your rest. You need to home, stay home and get your rest. He said, no, no, I need to come. I'm coming. And she didn't force it. She didn't even ask him about it. Whereas before she belabored the point, I mean, demanding that he go and demanding that he straighten up. She so cast him on the Lord that she said, hey, you need to stay home. He went to church, came, got right with God and started serving the Lord. God answered her prayer once she gave her son to the Lord. So see, whatever your problem is, learn to cast the care. Learn to give it to Jesus. Learn not to be concerned about it. Learn to make an itemized list of your concerns. Secondly, find scripture where God promises to answer prayer. I just gave them to you. Number three, in prayer, give God the details of what you need. Give him details. Number four, thank him by faith for working the problem out, and then get a mental image of it being worked out, whatever it is. Then fifthly, every time the thought comes to your mind, throughout the day, don't pray about it the same way you did to start with. Remind God that the issue is now his and not yours, and thank him for working it out. You know what? You'll have some great uh, opportunities to share with others how God has worked miracles in your life. Lord, I pray for me and all of us that we not just hear this, but put it into practice. Help us not to worry. Help us to release all that we do and are to you by faith. Thank you for being our Father. Thank you for watching over us, and thank you for caring for us, and thank you for answering prayer. Well, God bless you, my friend. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I hope you're able to get something out of the message today. Before you leave, please make sure uh, that you subscribe or leave a review on whatever platform that you're listening from. Doing this goes a long way in helping us reach a wider audience. Lastly, if you want to reach out with questions, concerns, prayer requests, or comments about today's content, you can email me at pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. I would love to hear from you. Now go out there and be all that God created you to be today. God bless you.